Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in. Pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining me this time is Josh, our lovely guest co-host who is here to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2. We're going to get into that in a second, Josh, but thank you. Thank you for being on the show once again, good sir. Always a pleasure to be here. I should have said thanks for moseying on into this here fine establishment. <laughs> Are you referencing how the friends list looks when you gaze upon your friends also playing? Oh, I know you, you're it right. Yeah, it does say it. Moseying, or or armor. He is moseying around Valentine. Yeah, I was just in Valentine. I was uh, going to buy a new revolver. Um, but we will, we will talk more about that in a second. Cause I did want to mention the fact that, uh, Jocelyn is away this week. Uh, that's why Josh is here to talk about Red Dead with me. Uh, Jocelyn's in Atlanta cheering on, uh, at DreamHack, uh, DreamHack Atlanta. She's there working, but also seeing the sites and all that fun stuff. So you can go to twitter.com slash Joss and follow her fine adventures in that there locale. Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to everybody who tuned in on Saturday for Jocelyn's Extra Life stream. We raised an additional $600 towards our goal. We're now sitting at $2,600 towards $3,000, which is our updated goal. Kind of think of it as a stretch goal in our initial, you know, target for Extra Life. And we have more fun coming throughout the rest of 2018. Uh, we're going to hit those goals. We're going to hit our personal goals. And we are just going to be striving to raise as much money as possible for Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world. You can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018 to find out more information. Now, Josh, before we talk about Red Dead, um, I, I did want to talk a bit about a card game that I didn't get a chance to talk about last week uh, a card game that i played at the bachelor party that i talked about uh and you're you're a board game uh fanatic not fanatic you're a fan right you're not a fanatic you're you're, you're a fan right i do enjoy partaking in the occasional game of the board from time to time mm, time to time game of the board so, it's what uh, is this Party game what is this party game it's called two rooms and a boom and it's a card game so it's a it's a deck game and it's really really tough to explain but i can explain the basics and then you can kind of just take my word for it um throughout the i'll trust you on this one mr murphy <laughs> <laughs> i mean like it's super scalable so we played with 10 nine people and uh, it can be scaled up to 40 people. So it's kind of a really good card game. Holy for... mackerel. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it, it's quite the adventure. And you can scale it as you see fit. And, you know, you could do it at a, well, at a wedding. You could bring it to the wedding and have a, a good majority of the entire party uh, taking taking part. So we played with 10 people, which means there's it's scalable. So at 10 people, you're going to have less cards in the handout as you would in a 40-player game. So each round, uh, each person is given a card. So everyone's in the same room, they're given a card, and they have to then look at their card and determine who who goes where. So right at the beginning, everyone gets a single card, and uh, that card is your role for this, this match of the game. And the point 
the main point of the game is you have a president card and you have a terrorist card and there are two teams those who who want to see the president succeed and those who want to see the terrorists succeed the terrorist wins by being in the same room two rooms so there's two rooms you split into two groups the terrorist wants to be in the same room as the president at the end of the third round and the president wants to be in the opposite uh, different room as the terrorist at the end of the three rounds and that's the basic goal of the main game is that if you're the president you don't want to be near the terrorist if you're the terrorist you want to be close to the president and, and again like it's a very lighthearted game the concept sounds very very dark but it is a <laughs> it, it is quite a a lighthearted game because there are other cards that exist within the game like for example one was um called hot potato and the hot potato card meant if you had the hot potato card you lose no matter what at the end of the third round and the what you have to do is you have to ask someone to show them your card and then when you when you exchange that you know i show you my card you show me yours you have to give them the hot potato card and then there therefore you have to trade and now you don't have the hot potato card they can't no trade backsies you you don't get the hot potato again <laughs> So you're all set for the rest of the match if if you can you know get to the win condition of the card you just got, and there are other Wait, cards. What if, what if someone else tries like what if it goes in a circle and comes back to you? Well, and you not like someone shows you and you're like, oh, sorry, I've already got my potato plenty a hot. I can't take this card. You you have to you have. There's a bit of an honor system there, uh, but but then there's also not an honor system throughout the game because you're trying to trick <laughs> people into kind of telling you. So a couple times I was the president, and like you don't want to come right out and say, and I have done this where you say like, oh, I'm the president. You need to help me. And then for for the three, so there are three rounds basically. Um, each round consists of three minutes, two minutes, one minute, and it's meant to kind of keep the game moving quite quickly. So if you do it really right. efficiently, a game can be over in 15 minutes, 10 minutes. So the first round's three minutes, and you're basically conversing as a group to determine who's the leader. So the leader is the negotiator who goes into no man's land and negotiates with the other group to do a swap of hostages. Um, so you're in two groups. In this case, one was playing, one group was playing upstairs and one group was playing, uh, downstairs. And then the leaders would meet in the hallway to discuss which hostages they would be trading. And the, oh, wait, wait. you mean you guys are literally in two different rooms? Yeah, you have to be because you're, oh, I thought like you were just, it was like a board and there's like a square in that was one room. And no, another square was it's another. just this a, literally you're in two different rooms. Yeah, it's there. There oh, are. That's cool. It was really neat. And uh, it's, I do no justice by trying to explain it, honestly, because the game, <laughs> the game is very hard to explain on paper. But if you, if you were to play around, it took us actually a couple rounds to get it, but but essentially, like I, one instance of the game, I was the president, and I showed my card, thinking, "Oh, maybe I'll get lucky, and there's someone in the room who will play to my strengths." Turns out, everyone in the room was on the terrorist team. So I'm like, "Well," <laughs> and and then I just sit there waiting for the round to end, and though the other three would would basically uh, vote themselves the leader, they wouldn't trade me to the other room. They would just constantly trade back and forth one of the terrorists. And I basically had to sit there and like, yeah, I showed my card right at the beginning and, and I lost. Um, you played your hand too soon, Mr. Murph. I did. I know they, they called my bluff and I went, uh, I did not go down swinging, but it, it was a fun game. And 
got to be pretty like it's probably pretty inexpensive and that it is just a card game and we've really just scratched the surface you know the main game is, is that there are two rooms you're you have the presence team and the terrace team but there are also like other cards that um that give you other win conditions there's a there's a romeo and juliet pair, pairing so if you're if you have the romeo card you have to find juliet in anywhere in the in in the entire game uh and then be to win you have to be in the same room as juliet you know at the end of of the game and there's different cards like that and, and it just kind of makes it fun and, and because there was only 10 of us we would keep it interesting by kind of swapping out cards um mm-hmm. every other round so some rounds we'd be playing with the hot potato other rounds we'd swap in put romeo and juliet and, and kind of swap in and out and and we it kept it fresh so we had a we had a really good time with two rooms and a boom and it, it's just a deck of cards really like custom cards with with a rule set and then there's like a timer app that you can you can download and it's all that timer app is free but but the card game is pretty swell i really enjoyed it had a good time and i'm 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 always excited to be able to talk about board games on the show because i don't really get to play a lot of board games josh it's uh well i see it's it's only 25 dollars on amazon which is actually a pretty good price and like i can get a house of eight people together mm-hmm. on a good day actually on a slow day i could get eight so this actually sounds like something we would try because like we have like uno and stuff like that but when you have eight people that's two uno decks and that's just crazy and then we have monopoly but you know everybody uh, yeah Monopoly's only fun for the monopolist who's winning the banker so the guys like, and it sounds like these rounds are nice and quick too they are like so basically when you have a three minute round a two minute round and a one minute round you're looking at six minutes tops for the game so if you're on your point with the timers you're probably looking at a 10 minute game because of just the leaders conversing doing the swap and and then you can you start the next round so if you if you're on your on the ball you can pretty much get in and out in 10 minutes and start over now we only had 10 people playing i'm sure with 40 it would take longer just in terms of 40 people that's just crazy to think about that it, it would be crazy but honestly you'd have more people winning the more people you have because but you, you but then again like some some cards obviously use you, you lose if the terrorist in the room because the terrorist always explodes at the end so it's uh there are a lot of win conditions there are a lot of lose conditions but there are also a lot of fun cards another fun card was uh the leprechaun card or, or the lucky charm I can't remember. It was. I think it was as a lucky charm, and basically, you, uh, if someone asked you for the for the card, you had to give it up right away. And if you have the lucky charm card at the end, you win. So basically, if you get it right away, it's like, oh, this is a win card. So I have to play coy and make sure no one no one asks for my card. But but because we we established what cards were in the hands at the very beginning, a lot of people would go around. Do you have the leprechaun card? Are you the leprechaun? Are you the leprechaun? So there was, it was a bit, <laughs> it was a bit weighted in that sense, and it is funny to see people I, running around asking if they're leprechauns. Um, I can see how forty people would help dilute that issue just a little, a, a little bit. But honestly, the fact that it's twenty five dollars American on Amazon, if you if you have a, have either large gatherings, so if you're doing a family reunion or you have a, a, a smaller ish gathering. I find, you know, as long as you have even numbers, it's really easy to just split people across rooms. We were playing with an odd number, so, you know, that it, it was no problem. It didn't really sway anything, uh, but it, but it did give you more options when you're in the in the room with them. But 
Yeah, uh, two rooms and a boom. It it sounds terrible. The main concept sounds horribly dark, <laughs> but really, it's it's a, a lighthearted, fun game, and and the art is is very minimalistic and fun. So check it out. And if you have a large family reunion gathering, this would be perfect. And and it's totally uh, all ages, even though there are uh, explosions. <laughs> Uh, there's no I, I guess you'd have to maybe it's not all ages you might have to explain it as long as you don't have to explain you know go too far into the gory as details long as you're not too far about one of you guys are the president and you have to blow up <laughs> like, yeah as long as you sugarcoat it a little you know it's like think of it this way it's like um it's like a jack-in-the-box it's not a real explosion it's just whoever whoever <laughs> is in the same room as the terrorist gets pie in their face how's that sound that's a little more PG, right? <laughs> Maybe replace the word terrorist too. Just, yeah, like, and terrorist is a bit much. I how think. about clown? They clown. use terrorists. In the they game. can be terrifying too. So you could be like, "Oh, whoever's in the same room with the clown gets a pie in the face." Now that you think about it, when we were playing, it was like, "This is a bit much. It's a bit dark." You know, like you could probably come up with some <laughs> other phrases like "terror." You're right, terrorist. You could maybe like. I don't know what you would use, but you'd have to change it from from boom to maybe something else. So two rooms and a boom matches. So maybe that's why they kind of stuck with it. But but honestly, take my word for it. It is very lighthearted when you play it, and and you don't as long as you don't get hung up on the aspect of uh, blowing things up, you should <laughs> be fine. Blowing, yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyways, let's let's move past blowing things up to uh, talking about blowing things up in Red Dead Redemption Two. This is a massive game, and I know we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks, uh, but it's it's what I've been playing, and it's what Josh has been playing, and we we just oh, yeah. scratched the surface last <laughs> week. Now we're not going to get into spoilers. So, uh, you know, like hardcore spoilers, like this is what happens in chapter three, but we are going to talk, <laughs> we might go into like mechanic spoilers and a bit about how your camp works. Cause I think that's, that's really what I'm, I'm focusing on and, and kind of get into the nitty gritty of some, you know, the, yeah. the, the flow of the single player campaign, but, um, you've finished it. You've finished Red Dead Redemption two. Is that the case? Uh, yes, I have finished the main storyline. Uh, I have started a second game to kind of like very slowly work on everything, like the challenges. And I feel like I did most of the side quests the first time around, but I'm really making sure I get them all and all the stranger events. So my second game, I'm really, really, really taking it slow. Hmm. No, it's uh, it's so you're playing your second game as I'm playing my first game is I'm going I'm going pretty slow only because I get maybe one to two hours to play every time I sit down, which which is mm -hmm. I was worried that was going to be a problem. But honestly, one to no, two hour chunks has been fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's pretty much been what I've been doing for the past two weeks because work has been crazy. So I pretty much get home, turn it on, do about an hour or two, fall asleep. And then that's pretty much all I've had. But the way the game is designed it actually works yeah so, no you're right and i've been um, enjoying it so have I, I i'm i'm not you know last week we had some people chime in on discord after the episode you know kind of listening to what we were talking about and and, and uh kind of thinking maybe this game isn't for me or this uh, you know we we were we weren't like praising it because there are issues with it but i think once you get past some of the the hiccups that we had like the controls or the pacing or the or the way you travel um you really do i really do stand by that i appreciate 
what they're displaying here and the game they set out to make. Yep. And as you progress in the game, you do get more used to the fact that you are riding long distances. But I've found over the last week as I've been playing that when you're riding long distances from from you know where you left your last mission to the next mission, there is enough stuff that's popping up to kind of interrupt the monotony of of riding your horse around and right you know for example i had one where i was i was riding to my next mission and i was going into a a a bridge a covered bridge and i got held up by the rival gang and the o'driscolls the o'driscolls and they um they didn't they didn't shoot me sight unseen because they have done that before where they come up and kind of start start shooting me in this instance they tried to rob me uh, and they and they told me get off your horse slowly. So I get off my horse, and of course I have like dead eye. Just it's ready to go. So <laughs> as soon as I get off, I'm like reach for the sky, you know. And it was uh, it's very satisfying. And then you just you you kind of forget the fact that you've been riding for a while, and you you get back on your horse, and you you go to your your destination. And, and those events that they sprinkle in between, there's always one. And I don't know if the game is just like stuff hasn't happened in x amount of moments let's let's give him something and then let's plop it along his 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 trail and he should come across and stop if he sees fit um do you find like the random encounter stuff has been really helpful for you to to kind of keep you focused yeah uh for me i never really had too much of an issue with the travel system mostly because like i'd played wow since vanilla wow yeah and it kind of just reminded me of flying from one flight path to another where it's like okay i'm flying there's a lot of scenery to look at i can go afk if i want or i can look at it uh whereas this one like you said every now and then you get that sprinkle of event which you don't necessarily have to stop for like there's one time i someone tried to hold me up like you said Mm -hmm. and i didn't recognize it and I just kind of rode right by until I looked at my screen. I'm like, oh, there's guys behind me. They don't look too happy. So I was like, my horse is like, hey, we're on a cinematic mode. We're just going to keep going. We're, we're out of here. So, yeah, it's it's nice that they sprinkle them in. I don't know if it's necessarily, oh, they're on a five minute trip. So at minute two, we're going to sprinkle in something here. And no trips last five minutes. Like, I don't think I've ever had a trip that's, unless I'm purposely trying to go from one end to the other. Yeah. Which, if you are, take a train or a carriage, cut your trip in half. Yeah. Um, and I find, um, recently, uh, the other thing I, I explained last week is I'm trying to play, so this is a great question, um, how are you playing the game? Are you playing as, as Arthur Morgan appears to be as this like you know right hand man, not afraid to get his hands dirty, but also kind of a like because he even in the discussions with other characters, he he is torn. You know, like I think he says to to one of the ladies, if you if you initiate the conversation, you know, just he struggles to be the bad guy. He's he struggles when people want help and he wants to help them, but he feels like that's against it should be against his nature. You know, and and I kind of feel like. That's what I want, and maybe the dialogue was specifically. If the, this is the special part about this game, is some of the extra dialogue that isn't campaign stuff feels like it's tailored to you as a as a as as your playthrough. And I'm kind of, and they have that morality ring, so I'm kind of playing like when I have a chance, I'm helping people, um, and when I'm uh, and and when someone wrongs me, man, I have no problem wronging them back, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's that's my philosophy. How have you been sort of going about the game 
as are you like lawful are you like super scoundrelly what are you doing well i'm like for me i've always been kind of like the good guy in these kind of games Mm -hmm. and what's actually kind of neat is how the story arcs uh i'm not going to spoil anything is like the issue of how arthur is and how he perceives the world and how he interacts with it is actually one of the main arcs within the story Mm -hmm. um there's like two or three major arcs that happen throughout the game and one of them is you know how are you playing your arthur is you know do you shoot a guy in the head and take his hat because you're hat envy you know or hey hey you mister as you know you just trot on by and it's it's kind of neat how they just like there's that psychological aspect mm-hmm. as you said and like there's times he'll talk to somebody does something nice and they're like oh you're a good man he'll be like no I'm I'm an outlaw like yeah you don't know what you're talking about and then there's times like you said where he's like you know we may be outlaws but let's not go around shooting anybody in the face like so it's a it's an interesting side of the story that they explore where you know you're an outlaw but that doesn't make you a bad guy yeah no you get what i mean no and yeah you are an outlaw you're just not like you don't appear to be this crazy bad guy and there have been two instances where so a couple things happened to me last week we told a story that um didn't get me in trouble but uh certainly (laughs) sparked some conversation in the discord and this week Mm-hmm. I was, and, and this is the beauty of this game is that, and, and games like this is that things happen to you, and just one wrong move can change, or one right move can change the way that story is told. Even though you and I both play the same game, so I'm walking down, I'm, I'm going down the street, and one of the, one of the special events pops up, and it's a lady. She says, "Oh, my horse just up and died. Can you help me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll help you. You're a, you're a lady stranded. You're stuck under a horse. Of course, I'm gonna help you." So I get off the horse and I go help her. And she she jumps on the back and I go to take her. I get her all the way back to town, and then I just accidentally run over some guy. Swear, total accident. <laughs> he came out of nowhere, man. I'm telling you. I didn't get it before I get a chance to swap insurance information. He's going to the the outlaws, and I'm being targeted. What's the lady that I just 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 rode halfway across the map? She goes booking it before I can even finish the the little event. She she books it. I'm like, well, lady, yep. I just I just spent all that time saving you, bringing you back here, all for you to just run away as soon as some guy just steps off the corner without looking both ways. I was none too pleased. <laughs> And, uh, I don't know, man. Two weeks in a row, you're accidentally attacking innocent folks. Uh, well, he... <laughs> maybe your outlaw is a bad guy. Maybe, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Maybe I just have really bad luck with the town mechanics. <laughs> Those roads, there's no sidewalks. People are just all... They're jaywalking constantly. Um, no, I, I I realized that maybe I, I got a little overzealous. You know, I'm saving the lady to do going into town, and I just happened to clip a person and he doesn't get back up right away oh no it's murder everybody (laughs) (sighs) i don't know you're gonna be the guy who's like in the gun shop oh wow this is a pretty cool gun (laughs) it's gonna accidentally discharge kill the clerk i have not done that yet around the counter accidentally bump the cash register it (laughs) pops open and that's when somebody walks in 
oh my god, he's robbing it. No, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> I was just testing it out. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I haven't really robbed a store yet. Um, I I got into the. You can, oh, I'm sure you can. Uh, I got into the idea of always putting up your um, your handkerchief. I forgot to do that in one mission, and I ended up with like uh, a bounty of a hundred dollars on my head. Uh, it was a, it was one of the missions. So this is the thing: the missions take you at least in chapter two, where I am at. They don't allow you to take your your playthrough of of Arthur Morgan and your mentality into those missions. Um, there was one mission where I'm trying to save a guy from a jail and it literally puts me down a path of having to yep. kill an entire town. Um, well, half the town, half the but, town, um, the town was shooting right me, on. So <laughs> they started it. Well, they didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. I, I finished it and I started it. Uh, but I didn't have a choice. In, you started in, it, then you finished it. Yeah. I didn't have a choice to start it. Therefore as, as, uh, it, it's just, it, Yeah. Um, I did shoot. But I, I get what you're you're saying in regards to, like you're right. Throughout, pretty much, uh, most of the storyline, you're right. You don't necessarily have that choice. Um, there is no other way in that mission for that to end. It's going down. Yeah. Um, but what's cool is, even though you can't make the choice to say no, I'm, I'm not going to do it, you know, the town doesn't deserve to die or whatever. Uh, your character, how they write Arthur Morgan, mm-hmm. uh, he does take that to heart. Yeah, he's not so happy about see, what he did there. Yeah, you'll notice as the story goes on that even though you you can't physically go, oh, I want my Arthur Morgan to not be the bandit who shoots up everybody, you'll start to notice that even he's like, I don't want to be the bandit that shoots up everybody. And and, and he, he makes it clear in yeah. that mission where, you know, yeah, he's happy. He's not happy about it. And, and as the, the game continues, he does, he does talk about, you know, oh, we're not here to shoot people. We can get out of this without killing anyone. And, and, and that begs the question of like, okay, you and I are playing the good guy. What about the folks who just want to go in and not take baths uh, by the way, I took a bath, and uh, you can order the deluxe bath, which is probably the closest thing to Rockstar's self self restraint in terms of them making an open world game, uh, and, and that's as far <laughs> as we'll go on that one. But, uh, anyways, um, what if you want to be the dirty scoundrel, and and suddenly you're you're experiencing the opposite as you want to play shoot up the whole town, and Arthur there the Arthur Morgan in campaigns. Uh, like they're obviously still telling a story. Um, should you be upset if you're trying to play as the as the bad guy, and and the game is kind of swaying the other way, or do you feel like it's just subtle enough in the missions that you can see it both ways? Whereas like he's like if he's really bad and he's doing he's doing these things, he can second guess himself or want to do better. But if you're doing things really good and you're and you're kind of swaying back and forth, like is it is it a balancing act or do you feel like maybe the bad guys would be upset with this this path i it's tough i don't know the answer for sure mm-hmm. i know that cinematic wise there is a difference at the end of the game between your honor bar where it lies right um i don't know if that is persistent throughout the game 
Yeah, I don't... so uh, it, we would have to ask somebody who's going around robbing stores and shooting people in the face. You know, how does your Arthur talk in these missions? Maybe he came out of that mission going, "Yeah, we totally got half that town. Woohoo! High five!" Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know because. Like in every Star Wars game, too, I could never play Dark Side. I couldn't. I don't have the heart. Like every time I start a game, I'm like, okay, Josh, you can do this. Force lightning everyone in the face. You're going to be a bad guy. First time I get a choice, will you help me? Of course I'll help you. I'm, I can't not help. So I can't be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Not purposely. You know, no. I'm like you. If I kill somebody because I ran them over, I didn't mean it. No. Just, you know. Oh look, a horse! Let me jump in front. You know, that's, I can't control that. No, and and um, to to a a specific complaint that we had last week, and and that you know there doesn't appear to be a travel a fast travel system outside of carriages and trains. There is also literally like what we would perceive to be a, a fast travel system, and that if you upgrade your lodgings enough, um, you uh, so upgrading your camp is kind of a a great way to progress. Uh, your well your ability to get new and greater things in the game like supplies um there's a daily stew you can eat and adding like a chicken coop gives you like a golden core in both in both health and dead eye which i think is super useful uh but if yep. you upgrade um uh, arthur's uh cabin so you upgrade dutch's and then you upgrade yours because you're second in command you do get a fast travel option where you can literally choose points on the map that you've visited and comes in really handy if you're just looking to shoot around the map but it only works from camp you can't actually fast travel back to camp it's not like a yeah it's not like spider-man where you just pick a place and you just bloop there you know um yeah there's nothing that will take you to camp right away i mean obviously because you guys are outlaws you know hey mr carriage guy take me to the outlaw camp yeah probably Um, not a good thing just have to settle for like valentine and then run the 30 seconds it takes to get to your thing but yes once you upgrade arthur's cabin you do get excuse me the ability to fast travel anywhere that you visited and the locations aren't unlocked via quest lines it's if you've been there you can fast travel there so it's kind of like a nice incentive to actually explore the map Mm -hmm. because i will say having beat the game you only play around in about 60 percent of the map Right. If you just do the main quest. Hmm. So, like, I highly encourage people just, you know, look at the map, find a blank spot, put down a marker, and just explore it. It's really good. Cool. No, I... I the game is a, is a really fantastic open-world experience. And honestly, if you want to mainline the story and just experience the campaign... It's totally worth doing as well. Like I've had a lot of fun, kind of focusing in on the on the campaign and just enjoying what the game throws at me in between, you know, those campaign uh, missions. But like, what's been like before we move, you know, uh, past Red Dead Redemption Two for this week? What's been your favorite random encounter? And and go you you can you, you can obviously talk about it. Like like what do you? What's been your favorite random encounter? Have you 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 beat the game? You must have. This is the story I tell everyone on my experience with this game. Well, for me, uh, I found a random encounter with uh, two guys trying to open a safe. Right. And there's actually, like, 
you, they won't be just off the road. You'll actually hear like a dinging sound, like someone's beating on metal. It's because they're trying to use a sledgehammer to pop it open. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's three different ways that event unfolds. But usually I just stroll up. I'm like, oh, cool, safe. Bang, bang. You guys are bad guys anyways. I'm going to take your safe. Right. Uh, one time I was like, you know what? Let me watch what unfolds. Because the cool thing about this game is that you can just ride up and stop people. But if you just stop and listen, they actually carry out a whole scripted event. Right. Um, so these guys are trying to open a safe. And I guess one of them had put like, he's like, oh, we should just use explosives. And he put one on there. And he's like, no, I can totally do this. And the dynamite goes off while they're still standing there. And blows them up and blows the safe open. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Didn't expect that. I was like, but I got two bodies I can loot and a safe, so... And you didn't do anything wrong. Yes. <laughs> right. I, I get no bad marks. I have no guilt. It's just, look, they're bad guys. They made a wrong decision. Karma paid them a visit. I can't just let that money go to waste. So I just, you know... I did my financial duty to the huh? state Not and made shabby. sure that, that that money stayed in circulation. Yeah, that's so. pretty good. No, I, um, I had another one where, and I had heard about this one before, but uh, I, I have gotten to the point of the game where I am content to help people, but I'm also a bad guy. And I'm kind of a bad guy where if, I, if I'm annoyed by something, like someone's being annoying or being aggressive or just kind of being annoying uh i'm walking down, i'm going down the street and i i see this um this gold sifter guy and he's it's like old yokel like yeah, yeah i did it <laughs> you get anywhere near him and he's like give me some space so i walk out to the road and i'm standing at the road and i'm watching him and listening and he's he's like okay let's do this and he's like doing his whole thing and, and he's like oh my god i found something i found something <laughs> handkerchief comes up <laughs> he turns around and he's celebrating just kapow right in the like it's a dark thing to do but i mean he was just super annoying and oh, i took him out i always let those guys go man oh, really? i was like oh, yeah, good on you dude you worked hard you found but it you you're just like nugget? Well, nugget you say <laughs> yeah i stole his i stole the nugget I felt I, now I feel bad, but he was really annoying, Josh. And but, okay, I can I can understand that sense. I never found him annoying, but every now and then, it's like you just roll onto like a random farm on the map, mm-hmm. and like they don't want you there. Like the guy who owns the farm will come up and be like, "What are you doing on my land? Get off!" Oh yeah, and I, I'll defuse. I'll be like, "Okay, you know, I'm sorry. I'm walking away." As I'm one time as I was walking away, he's like. Yeah, you better walk away, you little coward. And I was oh. like, all right, well, I mean, you're going to get shot now. Like, I feel like it's justified at that point. So. Can you disable people by, like, shooting them in the in the, in the the leg or something? Uh, I tie them up with a rope if I don't want to kill them for the negative honor. True. I just hog tie them and leave them there. <laughs> it's funny listening to complain. Let nature take so. its course. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's funny. Sometimes I'll take a gang member and I'll just throw him in the river. Just be like, oh, what's the matter? Hogtide? And I throw him in the river. You gotta get creative, man. This game lets you get creative with this stuff. Yeah, we... Uh, Those O'Driscolls are just annoying. I posted a clip. Uh, I posted a couple of clips. But one clip was like, this lady, uh, it was a bounty to find the lady. And she was like a she was like a husband killer. She'd marry rich people and, and kill them and collect the 
collect the money and i'm riding back with her and she's like talking like oh please let me go like i'm i'm sick i need to go to a sanitarium and i'm like just be quiet lady and it's a bit disturbing like you can make them be quiet by hitting them and it's never it, it's <laughs> backhand just, them to the face yeah it, i mean it, it whatever it is what it is and it's equal opportunity <laughs> but uh i'm just you know traveling down the road <laughs> again you're gonna sense a, a theme here but a horse comes out of nowhere <laughs> we just collide and go flying and i go off the horse flying and i've had a lot of like horse incidents where i've crashed and just mayhem the other guy on the other horse is dead for some reason i'm fine my the lady i had kidnapped was fine uh another instance where i was okay here's the other thing don't go off the road w- follow the line especially if you love your horse because what, what? explore everything i no, know no, what no. you're gonna say but <laughs> well explore everything that's fine but do it from from do it with with smart because like for me i was just beelining it straight to the oh well there's the point i'm gonna take the road i'm gonna beeline it so what do i do i beeline it and then like i notice a cliff and i'm like whoa <laughs> it's too late so i go flying off the cliff so my horse my horse essentially like like not dies but goes uh into a state of which you either have a chance to revive him or uh put mm-hmm. him down and luckily i had medicine i, I think i must have looted off someone because i don't remember buying it and it was just like it was heartbreaking because you when you use your horse you put you you level it up by using it and it feels like it takes a while to to level that horse up so you want to keep that horse as long as possible uh, mm-hmm. but yeah it was just i was beelining it and i went off a cliff and i was like <laughs> it, it, it broke my heart i was like what the hell man uh yeah, yeah i've got to watch out for random rocks and trees uh, like i've hit so many trees i feel yeah. so bad for my horse i'm like if i could build a horse helmet i would yeah oh i've definitely run into rocks and i'll go flying um yeah I will say the crash mechanics and how it looks and everything spot on. No, yeah, it looks like, great. I mean, in when, terms of you I, flying off, it, it's it's yeah. Really well when done. I fly off and the way I land and roll and you know it looks realistic. I feel like if my horse hit a rock, that's exactly what would happen to me. So. Yeah. No, for sure, I hundred percent agree. And and I think the game again, like if if you have a chance to check it out, if you want to play it, like I think it's worth it's worth seeking out and and really if you're if you're feeling unsure about it i think i think twitch uh is is a viable option to check this out there's it's really it would be really interesting to watch someone play this game um but in the instance of watching someone play the game i'd imagine the missions would be the most boring and the most interesting would be just the way people interact in the world like accidentally running over someone well, it's it's funny because I feel the opposite oh, having so? played. Okay, so here's how the the first couple chapters work. Chapter one, obviously, you're in the snow. They're introducing you to the mechanics. This yeah. is how you do your horse, your weapons, blah blah blah. I feel like chapter two was their way of introducing you to the world. Mm-hmm. They're saying, "Oh, this is stuff that if on your own time you want to do, you can do this." Oh, this is the various towns. By making you do these missions, it's kind of showing you the world and what you can do to affect it. Chapter three is like when it starts to go, okay, we've given you the basics. Now let us tell you a story. 
and from there it just ramps and it's a really really good story oh i, I think so, i need to make it through chapter two i, I gotta be getting close um i'm kind of think you're getting close yeah. i will say that i'm i will say it's not a spoiler but i'm trading missions between micah and uh john marston john marston yeah so that's where i'm at right now where i'm going back and forth with those two um not not the missions intertwine just that those are the missions that are currently available to me yeah i know you're actually just about at where i'm at in my second playthrough cool. so i know exactly what you're doing i i've been having a blast with it i'm glad we got you on here to to chat about it um any any final words final for this week i'm sure if we have you back on we'll be talking more about it because uh, i'm still going to be playing it for the weeks to come but any final words to leave on for red dead redemption 2 uh one the weather effects in it look amazingly beautiful and that's not using a ps4 pro i feel like if you have a ps4 pro this game is going to be brilliant uh two you're really going to love this game if you like open world games mm -hmm. if you do not like open world games do not buy red dead redemption 2 like half the fun actually more than half the fun i have is exploring and experiencing the world yeah. if you can't motivate yourself to go make your own adventures which there's nothing wrong with that uh this isn't your game yeah it's not uh other than that yeah no for me it's game of the year i love it i mean in my defense i also haven't played spider-man and Assassin's creed odyssey and god of war so my game of the year list is kind of easy to beat but yeah it's an amazing game i yeah. love it i played through it once already i'm playing through it again I don't plan on putting it down anytime soon. And when the multiplayer releases, oh my goodness, it's going to be amazing. Oh, we are going to have to play some of that. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait. Uh, speaking of multiplayer, I don't know if the if the planets will align, but if you go to patreon.com slash thegamersin and become a lovely patron of this fine show, you too can join in in game night, which will probably be taking place next week. We are getting Red Dead Redemption 2 online at some point in November, are we not? Uh, supposed to be okay well we'll look forward to that and maybe it'll launch in time for game night uh game night next thursday i'll be putting a post up early next week for you folks to vote on which game you'd like us to play uh speaking of patrons this week is brought to you by a patron ad from simon weekly news desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week join your two knucklehead hosts andrew and simon as they keep you informed on movies tv video games and books find them on itunes or at weeklynews.com Josh, Sir Josh, we got some odds and ends here. Some great news stories. I want to start with uh, what you what you alluded to. Game of the year coming up, coming at you, and the Game Awards seems to be always what kicks off that conversation. They've strategically placed their show early December, December sixth to be exact, and they just announced the nominees. I believe this morning. So uh, any, well, there's some standouts here and some repetition. Uh, but you you threw this in here. Like, <laughs> what are you thinking with these awards? Are you looking forward to it? Uh, I am. I will say that if you are trying to figure out what the top games of the year are, mm -hmm. good news. There's a lot of repetition in a lot of these categories. So, a lot of God of War, Celeste, yeah. Red Redemption Two, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, a bit of repetition, but I am glad to also see categories like. Uh, best esport game, best esport team, best esport player. Like 
it's cool that it's gone beyond just the medium of what's your favorite game and gone in more into uh, the multiple ways you can enjoy video games. Even Best Streamer is on there as well. So it, it's cool. I'm, yeah. I'm digging the video game. Or Sorry, these aren't the video game awards. These are the game awards. Yeah. So I, um, I've always appreciated uh, the Games for Impact, I believe, which is like games that kind of tell a impactful story or, or, or display an impactful experience. One, one year, I think it was... Uh, um that dragon cancer i believe that won and i ended up playing it because of the awards and yeah it was a it was a game that had some impact and i always like seeing what wins there to kind of you know experience what is most likely a game you may not have heard of or may not have popped up on your radar and and honestly looking at the nominees one game that kind of stood out was i think it was like 11 11 stories untold and it was a a world war one game um based where you know having a it tells both sides of the story at the end of the war one from a perspective of a canadian and another perspective of a german tactician and it's got elijah wood in it uh from what i saw the trailer so i'm looking forward to to seeing more more of those type of games be highlighted at these at these award ceremonies because too often you know ign and the giant bombs and 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 the game spots of the world they'll often they will focus on what what gets the most traffic which is like what's right. your game of the year and then below that it's, it talks about those those impactful games and those other games but for the most part the biggest and brightest banner is what was the best game that came out in 2018 and and it kind of overshadows a lot of this other stuff you know um yeah which which is why i'm glad to see that the number of categories that a lot of these game award events do have really expanded. Yeah. Plus we get some cool trailers. Best game. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like top notch. One of the best parts, especially if it's like for a game, like you said, uh, category that you said, most impactful game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've only heard of maybe two of those. Yeah. So for me, it was like, Oh man, let me go check these out. And it's like, Hey, this game looks pretty wicked. Maybe I should try it. Except for Life is Strange 2. No offense. You guys didn't sell me on that. So Yeah, I mean, we... I'm not going to check that one. One could argue that our discussions on Life is Strange uh, <laughs> Before the Storm and, and even the... the slightly, slightly skewed. Yeah, the parting episodes of Life is Strange, um, we did we did not think favorably. But I, I do stand by my word that Life is Strange 2 does, does right the ship a little bit. Um, but I, I honestly, I wouldn't recommend anyone base their, their purchase. Like if you're on the fence about an episodic game, definitely don't jump in on episode one. You wait, you wait till episode two to see if maybe that, <laughs> uh, that thing nose dies. Cause it can happen. Sometimes an entire company can close, uh, before episode two, episode two comes out. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm still bitter. Not really bitter. Whatever just, do you mean? <laughs> it's just such a crappy situation. I saw today that they delisted all of the Telltale games on Steam for the most part. Yep. And uh, Skybound has been talking about, you know, ooh, we'll have episode three news. I fully expect there to be a, an announcement at the Game Awards about episode three and, and, and the conclusion to Clementine's story. Um, but I could be wrong. Yeah, the, the Game Awards, we always cover it on this show. Uh, we'll... I believe the 6th is a Thursday, so we might 
record late that I'm actually going to be out of town that night. So we might record the day later or, or, or talk about it the week after we'll see, but I really like watching the game awards. I think it's a well put together show. It's not, it's not, it's not as bad as it's been in the past and they usually pack a punch. I don't know. What do you think, Josh? They, they usually have some, something good to leave you with. Oh yeah. Uh, even if they don't show off anything new, uh, I'm all about, given people their props so yeah. anytime you guys go hey your favorite thing video games are going to be getting awards that we deserve i'm like oh cool yeah i'm down for this 100 percent of the time and looking through the categories i don't really see anything that's misplaced i guess yeah it's like, pretty even what steel. i hear even though i haven't played all these games um from what i hear other people saying i definitely see those games pop up in the categories like um best game direction i see detroit come human and i know a lot of people are like oh wow you know that game was like you know it was deep and it's got that story so i can definitely see it popping up there uh as opposed to you know like an indie title popping up no offense to indie games Mm -hmm. um but you won't see celeste in best game direction or something like that Right. Yeah. I mean, I think where best direction gets its nod is when you when you have a very large, complex thing making it to the finish line and and, and it being this this immense and well received product. And I think that's you know a, a small game can be really well directed, but when a large game is really well directed and comes out to favorable reviews, I think you can then look at it and say, well, wow, that was really good direction because this could have been a pile of, uh, of steaming uh, code. So. Um, We'll look forward to, to more of that uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. So look forward to the Game Awards. I'm sure Jeff Keeley will be pushing that throughout the, the next couple of weeks, and we'll be getting more tidbits on what's going to be happening there. But speaking of awards, another movie that could be up for an Oscar, uh, probably not. <laughs> but still, I don't want to I don't want to color my opinion on this because I think it looked it, it really surprised me. But the, the Detective Pikachu, the movie, got a trailer. And, um, man, dude, this game, this movie, uh, kind of surprised me. Um, I was, ex- how, I was expecting Detective Pikachu to be a really bad looking, you know, movie. And uh, honestly, it surprised me. I-, I think it looks pretty good. What do you think? Uh, I think, uh, it caters perfectly to the generation that grew up on Pokemon. Yeah. Like when I first heard Detective Pikachu movie, I'm like, ah, oh, great. You know, what's Ash getting himself into this time? You know, it's going to be another cartoon, blah, blah, blah. Like, when this trailer dropped, I was like, okay, someone who grew up with this in the same way we did and loves movies like Deadpool has that kind of, you know, that humor to it that you don't necessarily associate with, you know, kid movies. Mm Mm-hmm. It just the art style, like everything about it, just screams. Yeah, you grew up with this. We know you're older now. Here's a movie just for you. Yeah, so, it, it, I'm a fan. I had to ask uh, James Yagos. I had to ask him. I was like, dude, is this real? Because I saw it when he tweeted it out, and I was like, this is a joke, right? Because I really want to see this Pokemon movie. Is mm-hmm. something I didn't expect to say this morning. So it's interesting to look at this movie and think like wow nintendo might might have a a hit on their hands when it comes to a hollywood presence and and uh, i actually uh, yesterday went to see the grinch 
um, which is an Illumination movie. And I, I don't know, like I like some of the Illumination movies, but this one, The Grinch, I thought was really well done. And they're the the company they're working on the Mario movie. And when you see the Grinch, you can kind of see it. Like, man, they could they could probably do something because the Grinch is based on an existing property, and I think they adapted it quite well without you know uh, ruining the other experiences that are not that the Jim Carrey movie is a, is a piece de resistance, but uh, you know. Um, it's interesting to look at the Detective Pikachu movie and see a future where Nintendo thinks about uh, how they license out their characters to to movie uh, studios. And I know this is the Pokemon company, so it's a little different, but um, these are lifelike Pokemon. And yes, they all look creepy because we have that cartoon <laughs> 2D, even, three, even when they transition the 2D characters over to 3D, it's still the same art style. And in this, they've right. gone real, like realistic. Pikachu looks kind of like a cat, uh, raccoon-ish type thing, but but super cuddly and cute. Um, there's a. I'm glad they included in the trailer the moment where he goes Pika Pika is kind of is spot on. <laughs> and uh, that's what I didn't realize is like I didn't realize that that was the plot in that like yes all the Pokemon still do the anime thing where they say their name, uh, but in this instance like the main character understands Pikachu. And that's like that's something new. I guess that's never really been a thing, where where Pokemon talk, right? So, right. I I don't know. I was surprised it's, that yeah. this looked like a good movie. Um, and I usually when is, you see a trailer, this be first. I'm not sure. Like I'm trying to think, but it's just gonna be like if it turns out to be great, which I mean it looks like it's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be the first really good video game actually no pokemon started off as an anime didn't it well no pokemon was a video game first yeah the anime came shortly after no i think it really i thought it was cards anime then video game uh no it was was red and blue first and then i think the anime came out shortly afterwards and the card game was shortly after that but um yeah, no, it it, Either way. it looks really good. Like, I think a lot of people are talking about Mr. Mime, which certainly looks like the creepiest <laughs> of the real-life Pokemon. And I think it's just because Mr. Mime's always been creepy, and he kind of looks like say, a human. So. Everyone's been like, oh, he looks creepy. I'm like, I don't know what Mr. Mime you grew up with, but I always thought the dude looked kind of creepy. Like It's because he's pseudo-human, right? So... The, the only the only reason people didn't think he looked super creepy is because there was also Jinx who was the other Pokemon, I think that was the name of it, mm. who just looked even as creepy. Like, the first generation of Pokemon, there were some creepy Pokemon there. Yeah. Like, eventually it turned into a set of keys and ice cream Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. The first generation was like, you know, Pinsir had all these weird mouths with teeth, and it was kind of nightmarish. Yeah. Like, I, I, I gotta admit this feels very much like main focus of the Kanto region, the first games, with a sprinkling of the most popular other characters that kind of came came after that in the other games. And and I think that's really smart to maximize your audience. Everybody knows the Pikachu, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle trilogy, and they're all in there. And the thing for me is Charizard looks scared, which is spot on. He's a dragon. <laughs> He's a dragon. You know. Yeah. What's up? And uh, there's some really cool concept art out there. The guy who the guy who worked on the movie with the concept art, there isn't the Pokemon, uh, the Detective Pikachu specific concept art, but he actually got hired because he developed a series of realistic Pokemon concept art. 
so he was hired on in the movie he worked on it for six months and you can actually go see his concept art from uh from just his original work so i highly suggest you go check that out you can dig it up i i think i retweeted it not too long ago um his name is rj palmer yeah great stuff and he actually does acknowledge the fact that yeah he was hired he worked on the movie but these are these are his unique unique drawings um, we got a jet here in a moment, but we, we would be remiss if we did not mention the fact that Sony has announced they will not be at E3 2019. Josh, is this, uh, is this end times? What's happening here? Uh, I mean, I think over the past couple years, E3 has been kind of on a slow burn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like every year another company is like, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna do our own thing. And Nintendo's just been sending in videos for, what three or four years now i believe so, yeah since the since the so, wii u started to taper off i mean i wouldn't for me this is just kind of like okay e3 has been a thing for a while uh everyone's kind of also doing their own thing at the same time like playstation has their own thing every year though i think they skipped out on theirs this year hmm. um xbox just had their own you know little cool xbox expo in mexico city and then you know, every Nintendo device you log into has got Nintendo news slapped on the front. So yeah, here, here's the for thing me, about... it's like I don't know. I I just feel like people are starting to slip away from E3 because there's that expectation that you have mm-hmm. like all these things to announce with all these dates and all this you know hype to meet. And maybe at the end of the day, Sony's like, look, we can't deliver that. You know, like. They still have three top games with no release dates, and the PS5 is still in question. So maybe they're just like, look, if we go to E3, you guys are just going to be disappointed because we're not going to tell you anything. So maybe we'll just kind of chin on this one. And spend tens of thousands of dollars to say nothing and know they're going in to say nothing. And, and I mean, here's the thing about trade shows. They are very expensive, especially when you yeah. do not control the space because then the price just ratchets up. And as a company who makes millions, if not billions, off the entertainment business, you can take that money, reinvest it into your own show where you have a limited audience, you invite the press, they're going to come because you're Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo, and then you just live stream it. And then that captures such a huge audience as opposed to focusing on E3, which is, was, is a trade show. It's, it, you know, you have your big, your big guns, but you also, it also attracts other booths across the entire, uh, you know, the entire industry. So you look at what Sony's doing, you look at what Microsoft's been doing, you look at what Nintendo's doing, they're all trying new things. And I gotta say, like, Microsoft, Microsoft did, I don't know if they were present on the show floor. I think they were completely removed, like you said, last year, uh, where they where they had their press conference, but it wasn't really part of E3. But but in this instance, Sony yeah, is not a, doing a press conference. Yeah. They're not having a presence at the show floor. Like they, they are not doing E3 this year. And that is probably, probably the biggest takeaway. Now, they might replace it with something else. Who knows? But I, I don't think they will. This seems like a pretty... F- pretty finite thing like they're they're not going to be there for 2019 so Uh, i feel like the best thing for e3 i i feel like the big three sony microsoft and uh nintendo are kind of going their separate ways Mm -hmm. and i feel like e3 the best thing it can do is cover everyone else you know 
instead of going, oh, we're going to bring in Sony and they're going to talk about uh, Death Stranding and Last of Us 2. Maybe you bring in those creators like, hey, these are the creators of Celeste and The Messenger and they're coming out with these cool, you know, really make it about the smaller companies that are really starting to have an impact on the market and maybe making it a way for them to grow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they're they're not going to live much longer depending on Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Considering two of the three have, you know, almost... Well, Sony has completely said no. Microsoft is pretty much, like you said, they were in a different venue. They kind of said, hey, by the way, we're still here, but we're going to talk over there. And mm-hmm. Nintendo's just like, hey, look at this cool little skit we did. They, which everybody yeah. loves, but... You know. Well, Nintendo does the skit, but they also have a very large presence on the show floor, and and uh, but they, you know, they could look at this as a sign. I was like, oh well, hey, we we got made fun of for doing a video. Maybe now we don't have to take the flack for not being present at the show floor. And I I think these days you don't need to be present at the show floor because your your major yeah. audience is is already paying attention enough that you don't need to spend that amount of dollars uh, on doing doing a, doing a show. So um, there's just so many more avenues to get the message out to, to fans. And that's essentially what, you know, Sony said is that they would be looking at other ways that are that people are familiar with to to showcase their their wares. So uh, to me, that spells live stream uh, pretty much across the board. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week. I want everybody to check out our Discord. Go to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Tell us what you think about Sony pulling out of E3. Do you think this this is going to spell doom for E3? Or do you think you're just going to get more uh, catered events like X10 that took place uh, just this past week? In which we never talked about the uh, the news there. But they uh, Microsoft bought Obsidian and, and Exile, two major RPG-loving companies. So those are going to be... Uh, Xbox One and PC exclusive game developers. So uh, look forward to that. Josh, any uh, any final words? Where can the where can the listeners find you online? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore JDC. Mm-hmm. I will also be returning to my full time streaming schedule on Monday, where I'll be streaming on Just Josh Twenty Two on Twitch. Nice and Red Dead Redemption. Uh, don't starve. What are you focusing on for your st- live streams? Well, we're still doing the trophy hunt and don't starve. Mm-hmm. So myself, Val, and uh, Lizzie. So probably monday i'm probably just going to do don't starve just because i'm excited to get back into streaming now that work is calmed down so but we definitely do a lot of don't starve cool beans we'll definitely check out twitch.tv slash just josh 22 and experience that awesome stuff for this show you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com you can follow us on twitter you can find jocelyn at joss plays myself at r murphy josh at the underscore jdc and don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in the video versions of all our episodes will be streamed live on thursdays at 8 30 p.m eastern on twitch.tv slash the gamers in and are available after the fact on twitch if you want to email the show about red dead redemption 2 or the game awards or your opinion on sony leaving e3 you can do that info at gamers thank you so much josh and for all the listeners tuning in have a great week week.